began to shout and they began to praise because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Today marks the, 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 the last week of Jesus' life. The Sunday before he would be crucified, buried, but on the third day. Come on, thank God that, that he didn't stay in the ground. I want to ask you a question. Anybody did spring cleaning, start doing any spring cleaning yet? Anybody know what spring cleaning is? You know, the reality is life happens. And how many of you know if we are not careful, we tend to collect and accumulate and build up clutter and stuff begins to build up and pile up. And if you don't regularly purge and cleanse and move stuff out, how many know before you know it, you don't have room for anything? That's not just true in the natural. I, I, I mean, I, I, I realized that, you know, I, I was dismantling, I was cleaning the patio, and I, I had a, a little uh, uh, basketball goal set that my grandson had, but it all broke up. And uh, so, you know, how, instead of just throwing the whole thing in the trash can, I saw the, these little PVC pipes, and I said, well, I might need this one day. And so I just took it and, and kind of put it in the attic. Anybody like that beside me do that sometime? Oh, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one. And before long, you got an attic full of stuff. Say stuff. And if we're not careful in all of our lives, we can fill our lives with clutter and begin to crowd out the presence and the worship of God. And I've learned the longer you've been in a house, the more stuff you tend to collect. That's a reminder for those of you that have been in the Lord a while that we need to do more spring cleaning than others. I want to read Matthew 21, verses 10 through 14, and I want to begin reading at verses 10. Matthew chapter 21, verses 10 through 14. All four of the Gospels record how Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And the Bible says, And when Jesus had entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Say, who is this? I wonder, everybody got to come to the point of answering the question, who is he to you? Is he just a good teacher? Is he just a good man? Is he just a prophet? Or is he the son of God? Is he the one who died and rose again? Well, who is he to you? And they were asking that question, who is he? Who is this? The whole, the whole city was stirred. I believe when we realize who he is, the whole city will once again be stirred. And the crowd answers, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. Now, some of you don't even, when you think of Jesus, you can't even imagine that. You think of Jesus meek and mild and don't never disrupt the water, never say anything, never get anybody upset. No, no, that's the Jesus that some people, Jesus was. But when we read the Jesus of the Bible, first of all, Jesus was not only the, the measure of what real manhood is about. But when Jesus saw things wrong, he had a holy anger. And the Bible says he began to. Drive out all who were buying and selling there. 
and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. He said, it is written. He said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer. Come on, say, say my house will be called a house of prayer. I want to ask you a question before I'm on. Is your house a house of prayer? When Jesus comes to your house, what does he find? He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But listen what he said. But you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You have ordained praise. I want to talk to you this morning. I want to share four principles from these scriptures about how you and I can do some spiritual house cleaning. Just to give you a little backdrop, this is the second time that Jesus cleared the temple and drove out the merchants. John records it at the beginning of his ministry, and we see again here at the end of his ministry. Jesus once again visits the temple. He discovered that once again merchants are making his house a marketplace, a place of business. The people of Jesus, they had allowed the business of the church to crowd out the worship of the church. This is significant because if we're not careful, we can also drift and begin to allow the clutter in the business of life to crowd out the worship of God. Word. And so, so for all you uh, OCD or people that feel you got to get it all right, I, I'm going to give them all to you right now so you can focus on me. Is that all right? Say eliminate. Say dedicate. Say facilitate. Say elevate. Come on, say one more time. Say eliminate. Say dedicate. Say facilitate. And say elevate. If you and I are going to do spiritual house cleaning, the first thing we got to do is we got to allow God to eliminate the clutter and the barriers in our lives. The first thing that Jesus does when he comes, he begins to find that the house, which should be a house of prayer, had become everything else other than a house of prayer. I want you to know if we're honest with ourselves, how many know sometimes the same thing happens to us? Sometimes we allow other things to crowd out the worship of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you are the temple of God? Look at somebody and say, you are God's temple. Come on, say, 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 you are the temple of God. The Bible says, and the Spirit of God lives in you. God is no longer staying and hanging around in brick and mortar. God now lives in the hearts of his people. Can I have an amen? And as the temple of the living God, 
we have a responsibility to keep the temple clean. We have the responsibility to make sure that God's temple is, becomes a, temp, a house of prayer. We have a responsibility before God to make sure that nothing defiles the temple. Listen to what he goes on to say. Don't you know your, yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Listen to what he says. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Look at somebody and say, you're that temple. If Jesus was to come today to your temple, which he does, what is the spiritual state of your house? Come on, say it. What is the spiritual state of my house? That's a good question all of us should ask regularly. It is good for us to regularly do Spring cleaning. Notice that this is the second time that Jesus comes to the temple. The significance is that, let me just tell you, God may have done a work of cleansing. God may have done a work of deliverance. God may have done a great work in our lives. But if we're not careful, how many of you know that we can suddenly begin to party right now? And it is just as junky as it was when he found it. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I got a child like that. You can clean the house one day, one day, the room one day, and the next day is just as junky. The reality is we do that sometime in the spiritual life. We allow God to come in and clean and move the clutter. But if we're not careful, we can begin to bring all kind of clutter in our lives. Attitudes. Oh, I just hit on one right there. Say attitudes. Oh, I tell you. If you're not careful, your attitude, let me just tell you, your attitudes can become cantankerous and, and defile and, and wrong attitudes will often hinder God's moving in your life. So sometimes we got to eliminate some wrong attitudes. Sometimes it's not always evil things. Sometimes it's good things. Don't you know that too much of any, too much good things can crowd out the best things? I, 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 you know, life, is, God has given us a full life. But don't you realize that you could, let me just say, some people allow work. Is anything wrong with work? Work is good. God redeemed work. But when we put work before God, it begins to crowd out the worship of God. Can I have an amen? And I've seen it happen over and over in the lives of God's people. That if we're not careful to guard our lives, then I want you to know sometimes even good things can come in and clutter and eliminate and push out and restrict the worship of God in our lives. Carnality. If we're not careful, we resort right back into the same carnal ways we once were. Listen to me. God delivers you but now we have a responsibility to maintain that deliverance. The Bible says it this way. Stand fast in the freedom, in the liberty, in the deliverance where with Christ had made you free. How many of God made you free? 
Then God says, here's your responsibility in the book of Galatians. He says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and don't be entangled again in a yoke of bondage. In other words, God says, once I clean the house, don't you got a responsibility to keep it clean. Once God has driven us, you and I got a responsibility to make sure, devil, you ain't coming back in this house. Come on, say, say, devil, you ain't coming back in this house. You know, what, what was wonderful, why we always start out the beginning of the year with a time of prayer and fasting, because sometimes it's in that time of prayer and fasting, we begin to see, Lord, I don't allow some clutter in my house. I'm talking about my spiritual house. And before you know it, you know what, it's subtle. You know, this is the thing about, about life. It's, it, it, it comes in subtle. Listen, to, I want to read the scripture. 2 Corinthians 13, verses 5. Paul in the, in the King James said, examine yourself. Look at somebody say, examine yourself. See, the problem is we so busy trying to examine somebody else, we ain't looking at our own selves. Somebody help me out. Come on, say, say examine yourself. Come on, look at somebody say, you better examine yourself. See, sometimes we so focused on what other people are doing that we're not taking time to examine our own selves. I want to read it in the Message Bible. I put it on your handout. In the, in the King James, it says, examine yourself and see if you're in the faith. But I want to read the Message Bible. Listen to what it says in the Message Bible. In, in, in 1 2 Corinthians 13, 5, listen. It said, test yourselves. To make sure you're solid in the faith. Listen to what it says. Don't drift along. Look at somebody and say, don't drift. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves a regular checkup. Come on, look at somebody and say, give yourself a regular checkup. Let, let, me, let, me, let me give you all a word picture. When we were, when we were growing up, you know, my mother had five boys. I wasn't blessed with a sister when we were young and growing up. And so I used to be, I used to resent that. I used to cause, but I wanted a sister for the wrong reason. I just wanted them so they can clean up. I had a friend who had a sister. And, and I'm being honest. Tell the truth and shame the devil. And so my mom would say, listen, whenever we wanted to go somebody, that my brother testified. You're not going anywhere till this whole house clean. And if the room was real dirty. So you know what we would do? <laughs> if the room was real dirty, we start grabbing everything and put it under the bed. Put it under the bed. Oh, boy, we would put it and then we would fix the bed real nice and we would pray, God, please don't let her look under the bed. <laughs> Anybody ever did that beside me? I got a few of you being honest. Amen. But God says we must examine ourselves. This is what it says. Give yourself a regular checkup. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Listen. Test, test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. I like the way the message about it. Because listen, if you fail the test, 
do something about it. If there's things in your life right now, if Jesus were to come to your house and he find it cluttered, full of everything that's restricting God, then he said, listen, he don't leave you there. Aren't you glad he don't leave you there? He said, if you fail the test, do something about it. Look at somebody and say, just do something. I want to tell you, when it comes to drifting, here, here are some areas that if we're not careful, what's some signs of drifting? One of the signs of drifting is when we neglect the word of God. When we lose a desire to read and study God's word, that's a sure sign that your house is cluttered and you're drifting. Another sign is, is then when we neglect what I call the fellowship of God's people. When you're living in solitude and you don't want to engage in others, that's a good sign. You got a spiritual problem. God made us to connect. God made us to live in fellowship. But I've learned this, that when, you know what, isn't it amazing when people begin to drift away from God, they start drifting away from people? Just keep smiling. Isn't that what happens? And we don't, that's why the Bible says, listen, don't fail to assemble or gather yourself together with others as is the manner of some. Let me just tell you, you know what, when we begin to drift away from God, you know, isn't it amazing when we're excited about God, we want to be around God's people, we want to testify about what God is doing, but when we drift, when we begin to get discouraged, we want to get in our, get in ourselves. We just want to be by ourselves. We don't want to be bothered. I don't want nobody around me. I want you to know that's a good sign that you need some spiritual house cleaning. What's another area that shows you drifting? Prayerlessness. When we habitually neglect a daily time with God, that's a sure sign. Did you all hear that? Did you hear that, my brother? I may, it's amazing how we could find time for everything. If I say, listen, I, I got, I got uh, some, some overtime on Saturday, uh, uh, but if you got to be that 5 o'clock, we can get up at 5 o'clock. But if I say we got prayer at 7.30, woo Isn't it amazing how, how we can crowd out God, we can find time for everything else, but we have no time to devote and give ourselves prayer. I'm just telling you, it's subtle. It's, we all drift subtly. And if we're not careful, here's another area that, that's a sure sign that you're drifting is when we tolerate sin. We find ourselves tolerating things we once recognized. No, I, I, I can't go back into that. This is what happened to the church at Laodicea. Jesus, listen, he didn't say they were, the, the, the reason why we call it backsliding and not backfalling is because it's subtle, and it can happen to all of us. None of us are immune. That's why we need regular times of repentance. That's why we need regular time, God, to eliminate. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And what? And what? And what? I can't hear and what? Now, isn't it amazing? Some people feel they ain't never got anything to be forgiven. 
I'm amazed. I could be in church. No matter how hard you preach, how, how light you preach, they, have no, they never have anything to repent. It's always somebody else. See, because they're looking at everybody else rather than looking at themselves. I don't know about you, but I, I, I realize I need daily forgiveness. Anybody beside me need daily forgiveness? How many realize, oh, I, I need his forgiveness daily. And when we, and see, this is why some people can hold grudges for months. This is why some people can get away from God because, you see, they don't practice daily house cleaning. Say daily house cleaning. And I've learned that if I keep my heart right, I miss it just like you miss it. I get upset just like you get upset. Listen, I say wrong things just like you say wrong things. I get bad attitude just like you get bad attitude. Listen to me. Do what, what, here's the key. If we will learn how to, the Bible says, if we say we have no sin, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, then we lie. Any liars in the house? <laughs> That's what he said, 1 John 1, 8. If we say we have no sin, we lie. And we do not the truth. But listen what he said. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and what? Say, Lord, come clean my house. Come on, say it out loud. Say, Lord, come clean my house. We need God to regularly clean our house and and when you don't acknowledge that you got sin in your life, then God can't, you don't give him permission. That's why I say we got to allow God. Only God can cleanse us from sin. You can take a bath and wash off the effect of your sin, but only God can come in and wash your sin. And we need what only Jesus can do. What can wash away my sins? Come on, what, what washes away sin? I can't hear. What washes away sin? The blood of Jesus. But we must invite him. We must acknowledge it. See, when I confess my sin, it's so good. He comes in and he washes and he cleanses and he makes us like new. Oh, I'm so glad that when you, when you walk, that's what the Bible says, when you walk in the light, as he's in the light, the blood of Jesus, go, we say, not only we have fellowship with him, and the blood of Jesus, go on cleansing us from sin. See, you can live a clean life. Somebody, tell somebody you can live a clean life. It's not in your strength. It's not in your ability, but it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know how you live a clean life? By regularly allowing Jesus to cleanse you from sin. So I want to ask you a question. Is there something in your life this morning that you need to eliminate? Is there any attitudes? Is there any actions? Is there any, is there, sometimes it's not always the things we do, but sometimes the things we fail to do. There's sins of omission, the things we omit or we don't do. And there's things that sins of commission. Are you always bringing clutter in your house? Are you allowing Jesus to regularly cl cleanse your house? If we're going to do spring cleaning, then we got to allow Jesus to eliminate every barrier in our life. I just shared one in my own life recently. I, I would find myself, you know, this is already April. Can you all believe that? But, you know, some days I'm so worn out mentally from dealing with people and the pressures and different things. You know what I do sometimes? I just come home, 
close my door, grab a bag of cookies, if they got some, my wife don't keep them around too much, turn on the TV, and I just zone out. Anybody beside me ever zone out? And, and I was finding myself entertaining myself and filling my mind and allowing clutter back in that Jesus had cleansed out. And when God began to convict me, I said, Lord, okay, I, I realize I got a responsibility to keep this thing clean. And so I had to begin to make some decisions to say, Lord, you know, I'm going to have to limit some of this. I'm going to have to limit certain things I allow in through my eye gate, my ear gate. I don't care how tired it is. I don't care what justification. We don't have an excuse to let sin come in. Can I amen? The second thing, if we're going to do spiritual house cleaning, I done lost some of you already. Say, Lord, let, let me get out. <laughs> it's going to get better, y'all. Say, eliminate. Say, dedicate. The second thing we must do if we're going to do spiritual house cleaning, we must dedicate our lives to prayer. We must say our house is going to be a house of prayer. Listen, when God's house is in order, I want you to know prayer becomes a priority. I'm going to say that again. When God's house is in order, prayer becomes a priority. When our temples are cleansed, Prayer, once again, once again, becomes a priority of our lives. It is sin that hinders our prayer life. It is sin that hinders us from having fellowship with God. Psalm 66, verse 18 says, If you regard iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear you. God says in Isaiah uh, chapter 59, my, I, my, my hand's not short, neither my ears deaf, but your sins have separated you from God. I want you to know that we got to when, when, when we cleanse sin, prayer becomes the priority of our life. And we, we dedicate, listen to it. That's why if we're going to do spiritual house cleaning, we got to regularly dedicate, say dedicate, our lives to prayer. Listen, how do we, how do we dedicate our lives to prayer? D the Bible gives us an example in Romans 12.1. Listen, we must make prayer a priority by dedicating our everyday, ordinary lives to God. I'm going to read it. In two versions, two translations, I like the Message Bible better, but listen to what it says. Brothers and sisters, in view of all we have just shared about God's compassion, I encourage you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, dedicated to God and pleasing to Him. Say dedicated. Now listen to what it is. In pleasing to Him, the kind of worship is appropriate for you. Listen to what it says in the Message Bible. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, your ordinary life, your sleeping and eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. I want you to know the way you dedicate your life, the way you make yourself a house of prayer is by every morning. Let me just say Every morning, you must dedicate yourself to God. It's not a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. It's dedicated. Let me just say, whatever you do, I dedicate my fun. I dedicate every area of my life. You see, God, some of you want uh, only dedicate Sunday morning between 9 and 1030. You, some of you already checked out. because it's about. But hear me. 
God wants your waking up, your rising down, lying down, your everyday life. God wants you when you when you when you enjoying your hobby. God wants you when you're taking your wife and your husband on a date or somebody else you want. God, God, God wants. That's, that's, that means if you're not married. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I rebuke that devil. <laughs> Say, get it right. I'm on. <laughs> Listen to me. The way we become a house of prayer is when we dedicate every area, like, like the message Bible say, God wants your going to work life. God wants your sleeping life. God wants your exercise life. God, see, there's no exercise life, my prayer life, my work life, my, lo my love life. God says it all belongs to him. I want you to know you'll never have better love like when you invite God in it. You'll never have better, better fun when you invite God in it. You'll never have God involved, God's blessing. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh, that the song, oh, what needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry to the Lord in prayer. You know, God wants to intervene. He wants to be in every area of your life. God wants to be in your work life. Your relational life, your 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 every area, your exercise life, invite him in, and that's all prayer is. Prayer is a child saying, "Daddy, I need you." Prayerlessness is when we excite, when we is 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 expressing, "I don't need God." And so, a person who's who's who doesn't pray is a person who doesn't see his dependence on God. I don't know about you, I need God. I'm not strong enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. I don't know about you. I need God in my life. Anybody beside me realize you need God in your life? And prayer is acknowledging. And that's what happens. Listen to people who don't pray or people who don't see their need for God. That's why they say there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. I want you to know when your back is against the wall, I've seen it. When people got, when, the, when, when, when all hell breaks out, they see their need for prayer. But it's amazing when everything's going well, we don't always see our need for prayer. But I want you to know, God wants to be involved in every area of your life. I'll dedicate my mind, my body, my marriage, my children, my grandchildren, my finances, because whatever I'll get God involved in, he blesses. Somebody say amen. The Bible says you have not. How many want God in everything? Then dedicate your life, make prayer a priority. I don't know about you, but I realize regularly I, my need for spring cleaning. And one of the things we're going to do if we're going to have a clean spiritual temple, we must make prayer the priority of our lives. Prayer, prayer keeps the house clean. Prayer is the most important spiritual discipline in the believer's life. And Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Call on me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. I can stay on that one all day. I got, I got a journal. This is already April. I can 
literally tell you about probably more than a hundred specific answers to prayer. This is only April. But what I do in the morning, I get God involved. I say, Lord, you know, I'm going to have a funeral today. God, I need your help. Lord, you know, today I'm meeting with this person today. God, I need your wisdom. Lord, you know, today, listen, I got to cut the grass. God, protect me. Help me. Give me the strength to do it. God, whatever. And I, 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 I get God involved in everything. Lord, you know, Angela, she acting up. God, I need you today. <laughs> Help us, Lord. <laughs> but literally, I get God involved. Then I act the right pray. Get God involved. Say eliminate. Say dedicate. Say facilitate. If we're going to do spiritual house cleaning, we must facilitate healing in the lives of people. Listen to me. And the blind and the lame came to them to the temple, and he healed them. Oh, I want you to know, you're going to see this principle all through the Word of God. Y'all might want to write it down. Listen, when we eliminate and we dedicate, then I want you to know it facilitates healing, deliverance, cleansing. In other words, we see this principle from Genesis to Revelation. We see this throughout the Word of God. I'm going to give you all a familiar verse of Scripture. Y'all can probably tell me the rest. If my people, come on, who are called by my name, what? Will humble themselves and what? And seek my face and turn from what? Then I will do what? And then I will what? Do you see that? When there's cleansing and when there's prayer, Healing is a byproduct. I want you to know if you want God to heal your land, I'm talking about whatever land you, the Bible said, wherever my, the sole of your foot shall tread, that will I give unto you. If you want God to heal your money, if you want God to heal your marriage, if you want God to heal, to heal your body, if you want God to heal your mind, I want you to know if you will confess your sins, if you will pray, then God will bring healing. Do you see again in James 5, 16, listen to what it says. Confess your sins one to another. Pray one for another that you might be what? Y'all see that? We can facilitate healing. Let me just hear me, hear me. Let me. You can't heal one person. You can't save one person. You can't deliver one person. But facilitate literally means to make something easy, to help bring it about. You can't do it, but you can help bring it about. And God gives you and I the, the, he give you and I the privilege of bringing about healing in our land, healing in our lives, healing. If you and I want to bring healing, then we got to do it God's way. Let me just tell you when, you, when you eliminate sin and clutter out of your life, when you make your house a house of prayer, then I want you to know the natural byproduct is healing begins to happen. We, we cannot heal, we cannot deliver, but when we, when we get our hearts right and when we make our house a house of prayer, then healing and deliverance begin to flow from our lives. I've, I've seen it happen over and over and over again in my life. You know, when my life is right with God and when I, my heart's right, all of a sudden, wherever I can go be at a 90th birthday party, and I want you to know God's going to bring healing. Now, I could be at a funeral, and wherever I go, because I represent the temple of God, then the Bible says the blind and the lame. Don't you know we live in a broken world? I, listen, it recognize, listen, God recognizes that people are broken. People are blinded. 
And only God can heal them. Only God can make them whole. But you and I can facilitate it. And you know how we facilitate it? By when we, first of all, when we let God eliminate the clutter. When we, secondly, we dedicate ourselves as a house of prayer. Then you know what? Then we facilitate healing in the lives of others. When you're living uh, as the temple of God and, and prayer is a priority and you eliminate, I want to know God will open doors for people, for you to be the facilitator in the source of God's bringing healing. God does the healing, but he said you will lay hands on the sick. Right. Who, who got to do it? In other words, God said, listen, God can come down and heal anybody, but he said, you got to pray for them. You got to lay hands on them. You got to speak the word. God wants to use us. God wants to, he wants us to be the facilitators of his power, of his healing. It got to flow through a vessel. Come on, how many want to be the vessel that God want to flow through? I want to be a vessel. I, I, I like that song. Lord, I want to be a vessel that you can flow through. I want to be a vessel you can work through. And I want you to know if you want to be the vessel that God will flow through, then you got to first uh, eliminate. You got to secondly, you got to dedicate. Then I want you to know, then you'll facilitate the healing power of God. Someone on, give God some praise right now. That's free, Raymond. And lastly, I'm closing. I like this one. We not only must eliminate, dedicate, facilitate, but lastly, we must elevate. We must elevate our praise. The Bible says in verse 15, but when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area. We should have kept the kids into today. Hosanna to the son of David. Religious people got indignant. I'm going to tell you, listen to me. Here's a sure sign you need a house cleaning. Because when you too sophisticated to praise God, Your bowels done backed up. I'm just using the Bible. God says it this way, your bowels done got shut up. In other words, listen to me. So, so, so let me help y'all bring y'all minds back. Come on. The bowels speaks of the deepest part of a person's life. And the Bible talks about, it's out of the bowels that praise should flow. It's out of the bowels that compassion flow. But you know what? When we allow pride and, and sophistication and, and we too dignify, then we become shut up. God can't flow like he wants to. Hear me. Why God had to use children? Because children they're not ashamed. You ever, let me just tell you, one of the highlights, one of the highlights, Slim, you need to once again, to hear, I want you to hear that there was a time you would weep in the service because God was moving. But you know what happened? We, we lose sight of that tenderness. We lose that childlike faith. We lose the fact, I remember when God delivered you from cracking, you didn't have nowhere to go. But isn't it so how, how we forget what he did and we no longer 
weep before the Lord. We no longer cry with a heart. God, I'm just so grateful that you saved my life. God, I could have been dead. God, I was shot up, but you spared my life. Isn't it amazing how we forget what God did? I want you to know, if we're not careful, hear me. That's why, let me just tell you, I, wanna, I want you to do, you want to know the measure of your spiritual life? Let me examine your praise. I say, if you want to know the measure of your spiritual life, let me examine your praise. See, why God loves children, let me just tell you, listen to what he say. The children, the, the religious people got angry. If we pray, it's only 1041, but let us go 10 more minutes, and some people are going to get upset. Religious people, they want to maintain their dignity. They want to keep their cool. They want to hold on to their sophistication. And why God loves the praise of children. He says, from the lips of children and infants, God has ordained praise. In other words, the one, the King James said, God has perfected praise. In other words, mature, complete praise. Praise that's unabandoned. You see, children, you know how they say they're going to keep it real. Adults can fake it. I, I, I said this one time. I say sometimes the people who shout the loudest often live the least. Now, I know that. Now, listen to me. Don't, don't. I, want, I need your shout. When you shout amen to preachers like sick them to a dog. Come on. <laughs> Go, Pastor. But here's the problem. I need to, I want to clarify that so often we have people who shout in church. Hear me. Shout in church, but their children say, I don't see that at home. It got quiet. And see, that's the problem. God wants you to shout. But if you one way in home and another way in church, God said, I ain't listening to that. See, that's that pretense praise. I, I want people to thank me one way, but God see who you really are. That's why they sung that song. God, bring me back to a heart of praise where it's all about you. What would you do if nobody was around, nobody was in the room, it was just you and God, and God just blessed your life. Oh, I, I'm, to, I'm getting like a child. Oh, I'm, I mean, I just get so excited. <laughs> I want to roll. I want to jump. I want to, oh, I, I tell you, because God's been so good to me. Oh, I tell you, when I think about the goodness of Jesus, oh, my wife and I, this is a private inner, we, we both understand it. When we think about the goodness of Jesus, and all that he's done for me. Oh, I feel it coming on. I'm telling you, I can't help but elevate my praise. Elevate. You know what elevate? It means I got to bring it higher. God, you've been so good to me. I got to bring it higher. Come on, somebody. I got to bring it higher. Oh, God, listen to me. Because he's been so good. When you realize how good God's been to you, I can't help but elevate praise. I can't help but magnify. See, that's what word magnify means. He said, David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You know what magnify means? 
Magnifique means you made it get big. I want y'all to know God's been so good. He healed my body. He did touch my mind. He did save me just in time. I was on my way to a devil's hell. But God stepped in. Anybody beside me, God stepped in. God provided for me. He blessed me. See, when you realize all that he did for you, you can't help but elevate your praise. And I want you to know one sign that God, see, this is what, this is what, 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 what clears the atmosphere. You want to run the devil out of your life, you start praising him. You want, listen to me, the Bible said with the high praise of God in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand, I'll execute judgment against his enemy. I want you to, the devil can't stand a place that I'm praise. Y'all want to run the devil out of you, you start praising him. You start elevating praise. There's power in your praise. I'm going to say it again. There is power in your praise. Come on, I want you to know, listen to the world. There's a joy that only Jesus can give. There's a joy in your praise. This joy I got, the world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away. Will somebody help me praise him? I say, will somebody help me praise God? Oh, come on, give God some praise in this place. God, we love you. God, we honor you. God, we praise you. Oh, God, you're so good. Oh, oh, he's so good. Is he so good to you? I want you to know, praise, praise is the byproduct. When you meditate on what he's done for you, then you're going to elevate praise. It's going to be a priority in your life. You're not going to come in till it, wait till all the songs been sang. Say, oh, you know, they go too long. I, I, I can't. I, no, you can't wait to get in the house of the Lord to praise Him. Oh, I tell you. Just give God, come on, for 30 seconds, give God a praise in it. To me, let me just tell you, see, don't wait till the battle is won to praise him. I say it again. Anybody can praise him when the battle is won. Sometime when you're going through it, sometime when all hell is breaking out. You remember when, when the enemy had come against the children of Israel, God told Jehoshaphat, you won't have to fight this battle. I just want you to go out there and you begin to praise me. And when you begin to praise me, I'll defeat your enemy. Come on, anybody got some enemy? You start praising him. Oh, God. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Listen to me. I'm telling you, if you will learn 
to stay like a child. Hear me, I'm, clo- I'm, I'm through. If you and I will purpose to stay like a child, children, they worship, uh, uh, they're not, they don't have no sophistication. They just keep it real. If you ever come here during our summer camp and watch them children run around the room and shout and jump and praise God, they're not worried about who watches. They're just having a ball. The, the praise is unsophisticated. It's authentic. It's real. They keep it real. And I want you to know, if you want God moving in your life, if you want God to begin to move in your home and move in your life, I want you, if you learn to elevate praise to another, God will move in ways you never thought possible. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this service today. I thank you for all you've done. I thank you for speaking to us, Lord God, that even as we celebrate this Palm Sunday, we thank you, Lord, that God, you, you, dead things we got to eliminate. God, Lord, you've called us to dedicate ourselves to prayer. Lord, lastly, Lord God, thirdly, you said we must facilitate, we must be a vehicle that you want to come and bring healing and, and, and touch people's lives. And Lord, we must elevate. If you're here this morning and only the Holy Spirit can draw, I can't save nobody, I can't draw nobody, but you came here. There's several visitors, there's several people here. You may be a regular t- member, you may be come here regular, but you've never surrendered your life fully to Jesus. You're not born again. You never open your heart and say, God, come in and forgive my, me of my sin. Lord, today, I want you to be my Savior. If that's you today, you say, I want Jesus to be my Savior. Slip your hand up right now. I want to pray for you. Anyone say, I, want, I see that hand. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? I see that hand. Anyone, anyone else saying, I want